Now, most people, when they go through an open house, they ask for a contract. They don't even know actually why they're asking for a contract, but we're going to talk about getting a contract amended and what purchases change to that. Stay tuned. Good morning. Top of the morning. I tried to trick you by going live. Did I get you? No, I was ready. Always ready. <laughs> ninja, like a ninja. That's now, it. Now, Michael, buyers come through. We get 10, 15 buyers come through an open house. Uh, five of them say, can you send me a contract? Yeah. Uh, most of the time, it's the entree to saying that we're interested they don't actually realize why they're asking for a contract and what they're going to do yeah. with it um, yeah. so we thought this morning we'd sort of we'd step people through um that whole process of you know okay you've asked you're keen on the place you've asked for the contract what do you do now yeah well it's such a common thing as well in terms of when buyers are asking for those contracts like you said Half the buyers have had some form of experience. So either A, they know, okay, I'm quite interested. I'm going to send it straight off to my solicitor. Um, or B, they might have some experience and they'll look through it themselves to see if there's a couple of um, red flags in that they might, they might know of. Or a lot of people just ask for it because they go, I don't really know, but I know when I ask for the contract, they'll send me everything they've got on it and that's the documents I need if I want to take it any further. Um, so like you said, it's just that sort of, that first step towards, I guess, moving forward and purchasing the property. Um, and it's such a crucial part of the transaction where, of course, we've got your solicitors there to guide you through. You've got your agent there to guide you through with it. Um, yeah. But it makes up such a big portion of that transaction where it's not just I want to buy the property and this is the price I want to buy it for. There's the price and then there's the whole contract side of things which can really make or break a deal when you buy the property. Now, I do have to say it is a bit of a time, it's a bit of a waste of time and it's a bit of a waste of money potentially as well. So don't fall into the trap of consistently asking for contracts and consistently sending the contracts to your sister and going, what do you reckon? Because each time you get a contract uh, reviewed, um, it's a 50, 60, 70 page contract. I might step back on, on what a contract is in a second, but it's a, if it's a 50, 60, sometimes a 500 page contract. And if you want your solicitor to review that, it could cost you a lot of money before you've even made an offer on the property, before yeah. you've even got a chance on the property. You may not even have a chance. It may sell that afternoon. It may be out of your range, but you don't know. So um, a property contract has five critical um, documents in there. Those five critical documents off the top of my head, um, uh, title search, who owns the property, if there's a bank involved, standard print, printed pages, sewage diagram, strata plan or DP, um, showing you know where, where it's sitting on, on um, in the grid, um, and one a zoning certificate, um, which is in there as well. So there's some sort of standard stuff in there that you can expect. It must be produced by a residential agent in New South Wales. You, you can, you, if you ask for a contract, you must be given a contract. That's the law. Um, and 
getting your lawyer to check it will cost you money. I would suggest you do before, and I know we're going to get into the changes that you would normally request, the seven, eight most common changes. But before you do that, I'd probably advance your inquiry a little bit further with your real estate agent, i.e., Michael. Having a conversation with them regarding price, like Mark said there, the last thing you want to do is go through the whole ordeal of having your solicitor review the contract, requesting changes and all that, and then you go to put forward an offer. The agent says, oh, sorry, we actually received an offer yesterday and the owner accepts and they, they signed it. Or actually we received an offer now and it's at X amount and it's now well above where your range is. You don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste your money or your solicitor's time as well. Have the conversation with the agent. Spit more where you think you might be putting forward your offer because um, they'll be able to guide you as well. It's not formally committing you to anything. And then when it's looking likely, okay, I've put forward enough, I've had the conversation where we're thinking about this price and it's looking like you're going to get an offer and acceptance, that's when you take the next stage before you put your pen to paper, get your due diligence done. Um, and that way you're not going to waste your money. In the last seven days, I had a purchaser ask for a five-day uh, standard. You get five days cooling off for these contracts. They asked for a 10. I said, what do you need 10 for? They said, well, we need 10 to make uh, to check on finance, to check on strata, to check on uh, contract, stuff like that. Then what happened is before they even um, signed the contract to enter into the cooling off period, their solicitor said, wait, we want to check the contract and make amendments. And it's like, mm. you got 10 days to do that. Why do you want to do that now? Lost the property. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a delicate balance, isn't it? Because there's no free lunch with it. Some purchasers go, no, nope, before I sign anything, I want to make sure all my amendments are done, um, even for a cooling off um, uh, period with a property. And A, when you exchange a property the way it is and you want to make the changes during the cooling off, yes, you take a risk that the vendor may not play ball with some of your condition changes. On the flip side, if you don't want, if you want to make all your condition changes beforehand, you run the risk of, the vendor going, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead with someone that's willing to sign now, that's happy to make the move. And what we find is most of the time during that cooling off period, unless there's something quite um, drastic in the contract, when you get yeah. off next acceptance, have your solicitor look at the contract and if they go, yeah, it seems all pretty standard there, make that move forward. Um, because at oh. least that way, you know, you've got the property locked in. Absolutely. So, Michael, let's give people the points that they can expect are most common to be asked for their lawyer to change. So that contract comes out 50, 100, 150 pages. There yep. is a group of questions that are quite standard that will be asked by your lawyer to the seller's lawyer, the Correct. buyer's lawyer. And we've ranked them in most common to least common. We've given you eight of them. And these are the things that your lawyers are going to talk to each other about um, and charge you for um, if they're yep. making contract amendments. So Item number one. Item number one, the most common question that gets asked to change on the contract. Drum roll, drum roll. <laughs> is if the vendor will accept a 5% deposit. That is probably the most common question that gets asked. It's the most common answer we normally have back to it as well, which is normally yes. Um, and pretty much what it means, guys, is when you're buying a property, normally you're putting down a full 10% deposit of the purchase price. Sometimes your solicitor will request and say, hey, can I please just put down a 5% deposit instead? Make note, however, you are normally still going to be liable for full 10% if you withdraw. But it means that you don't have to front as much cash. 
That's the most, that's one of the most commonly asked questions. It is. Um, hey, by the way, on your pad there, you've got a drum roll. Do you want to give it a hit? Oh, that worked! I can't hear it on my end, but that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, number ready for the drum roll again. Number two most commonly asked questions that your lawyer as a purchaser will ask the seller's lawyer. <laughs> change in the completion date. Okay, what does that mean? So change in the completion date, another very common question, pretty much means that on a standard contract, when you sign a contract in exchange, there's the date of completion, which is when you settle. And that traditionally takes place 42 days after the exchange date. That's a stock standard contract, six weeks. Um, a lot of times people are going to ask for that to be changed. They're either going to ask for it to be a little bit shorter if they want to move into the property sooner, or they might ask for it longer, such as for, when the, for an example, when they want to um, sell their own property first and they need a bit more time. But generally, people are going to ask for that to be changed around a bit. So that is really, really important in a negotiation. If you want to buy a property for less, work out how you can get other terms suited for the seller so you accommodate them on, the, on that, they accommodate you on price. So try to, before it gets to the lawyers, try to sort of water it down by talking with the agent, getting some agreement um, and organising. If you can get a long or short, you need to get a bit of price or to suit yourself. What's the next one? Ready for the drum roll? Next one is... Delete of the release of deposit clause. Yep. This one's, a, the first two are pretty straightforward. This one tends to be a little bit more tricky um, in terms of I don't, uh, purchasers and vendors don't always see eye to eye on this one. Yep. And the reason why is the release of deposit clause gives a vendor the ability to go use your deposit as a buyer once you've bought the property. So let's say go buy another property. Um, and sometimes your solicitor will say to you, hey, we don't like that because that's putting you, Mr. Buyer, at more risk. And it tends to be a bit more um, a bit more friction when that one comes up. Yeah, you know what? It didn't used to be a standard it didn't used to be a standard clause in a vendor's contract, in a seller's contract. Um, it just used to be negotiated, requested and put in. Um, but solicitors got clever and cheeky, and when they started getting a seller's contract together, they just whacked in that clause saying, we are going to expect that our client can use this deposit rather than sitting in a real estate agent's trust account doing nothing. So it's become, it's become a common request for it to come out. What do you know? Yeah, interesting. Next most commonly asked question, Michael, drum roll. Number four. Reduce the late fees to X percent. So what okay. that means is when you do not complete on a contract by settlement date and there's normally a percentage fee charged, so basically an interest rate charged to you for being late on the settlement, generally that will be at whatever percent the vendor solicitor sets and a lot of the times the purchaser says, hey, we're not happy with that percent. Can we do it for this percent instead and ask for a little bit less? Look, it's hurt money. It's hurt money if they don't settle on, if the buyer doesn't settle on time. Um, the vendor doesn't have to pay hurt money, by the way, if it's um, up to two weeks. Um, but the purchaser has to pay hurt money. 
the reality of this this clause being triggered is so low this is probably in my opinion shoot me but in my opinion it's a bit of an academic change just to feel like i've made changes to the contract if i'm the solicitor i think so too you, you're looking after the client um but in reality what we find is a lot of the time it's not generally having a massive effect but it's still very relevant yep uh but the drum roll on the next one that get the most common the most commonly asked questions your lawyers will talk about and negotiate on your behalf if you're a buyer or a seller the next one drum roll i love that it's brilliant i can't even hear it on my end i just have to base it off your reaction reduce the notice of complete fee to x dollars so a very similar one to the first one Okay, it's a boring one. Yeah, it's more hurt. They're just, they're just negotiating on the hurt money if it doesn't settle. Next yep. one. <laughs> um, reinstate printed condition 7.1.1, which I'll let you run through this one, Mark, but it's pretty much the, the rights that a purchaser has to make um, in terms of compensation against the vendor. A little bit more. It's a hurt clause, not hurt money. They'll negotiate that for you, look after a little bit more. Next one. And then the final one, delete the land tax adjustment. This is big. This is big. Yeah. It doesn't apply to everyone, but when it does apply and you've missed it, it socks you in the rib. It, it whacks. It, it gives you an uppercut into the ribs yeah. and into the jaw. Yeah. Um, good friend of mine, school buddy, just bought a place. Um, land tax adjustment. So it's gone from an owner occupier. No, it's gone from an investor um, to a buddy of mine. It's pretty much a house. Um, and it's going to rent it out for a couple of years to the same person that's in there. Now, with the land tax adjustment, and I won't be—I'm not—I'm not a lawyer, but I'll tell you—I'll tell you in the roundabout thing—is when it's an investment property, you are required to pay your land tax, and that whatever you're you're paying land tax for in the end of December, it's for the year ahead that you're paying your land tax. That's when the assessment's made. So what they actually do is they make you pay the entire year. Now, if you've actually sold the property halfway through the year and you've paid land tax for the whole year, you feel a bit gypped and you're like, man, I had to pay land tax on the whole place for the whole year and I'm not even going to use that benefit. I'm not even going to benefit from that second six, six months, six months. Um, so you generally get it, you ask for it to be adjusted. Now, in my mate's circumstance, it was nine grand. Now, he was in the whole scheme of buying the stuff, sometimes things get lost in translation, and it did. So when he when it settled, he had to find $9,000 extra. Wow. Uh, he then went he then went back onto his his paperwork, he went back onto his his memory. 
and trying trying to recall it. He was having discussions with me, and he felt a, a, a bit ripped on it. So that land tax adjustment is a critical one. Um, owner occupiers, investors, beware. Um, it's that interrelationship between the two um, when land tax is introduced, um, and um, it really it's it's a significant amount of money that can be missed in. Because you're doing so much when you're buying a property, you're doing the finance, you're doing the deposit, you're doing the contract changes, you're doing building inspections, you're negotiating all the way around, you can miss that little piece. And this is the importance of a good solicitor. And this is why we always say to our clients when they're choosing a solicitor, don't go for the cheapest one, go for someone who you know is going to get the job done. Because when it all goes well, it doesn't matter. It's for when that one thing comes up that you weren't expecting and you get hit for that extra $9,000 you weren't expecting or there's this stuff up that loses you the property. It's only when it goes bad that you realise the value of a good solicitor or conveyancer in these situations. And it's hard for a good solicitor to be fast because they've got to go through so many technical items, but a good yeah. solicitor goes through all those technical items and they're fast. Yeah, exactly. Seven most common changes to a contract, guys. Hopefully that's sort of brought a bit of a light to it for you guys, um, especially for vendors out there. It is not unusual when a purchaser goes to ask questions to change a contract. I know some vendors, when it's their first time selling, go, why are they changing the contract? Why are they being so difficult? It's completely standard. Every single purchase we go through, there's going to be requested changes. It's about making sure there's a happy medium between all parties. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers.